<clears throat> Good morning once again, everyone. And for Advent season this year, we're looking at Christmas using the biblical metaphor of light coming into the darkness. <clears throat> Christmas arouses all kinds of nice, warm, sentimental feelings in people. We think of uh, chestnuts roasting, light snow falling, carolers singing, gifts people are bringing. And the passage uh, we will look at today in Luke chapter 2, if you want to look at it, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. The passage we're going to look at is actually part of that nostalgia uh, in our culture. Shepherds watching their flocks by night. Uh, you picture little children in the Christmas skit in bathrobes. <clears throat> we think of Linus in the classic TV program, A Charlie Brown Christmas. But in fact, those warm, fuzzy feelings are actually missing the point of Luke chapter 2. This is not a soothing passage at all. It's a terrifying passage filled with fear. So follow along as I read today and we'll talk about it for a few minutes. Luke chapter 2, I'm breaking in at verse 8. This familiar part of the story. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Now, if you're following along the message today, I have two main points to talk about. First, we'll talk about the shepherd's fear, and then we'll talk about the angel's proclamation. The first thing we notice in this passage is that something out of nowhere suddenly interrupts these poor shepherds' quiet, peaceful night. Told the angel of the Lord appears and stood before them. I don't know what that sight would look like, but judging from the shepherds' response, uh, it was not a comforting feeling. It says the light of the glory of God shone around them. Now, let me take a minute to discuss the words here for just a second. In Luke chapter 2, verse 9, the NASB text says that the shepherds were terribly frightened. I'd like to suggest that's putting it mildly. Uh, if you look at the other versions, the King James translates it as they were sore afraid. The ESV says they were filled with great fear. And the NKJV says they were greatly afraid. I think the NIV captures it best, though. It says they were terrified. That's a good translation. Here's why. The Greek word used here in chapter 2, verse 9, is the word phobos, phobos 
which we get the word phobia from, fear. But in Greek, if they wanted to express something that was extremely scary, they would double the word in the text. Uh, if they were really frightened, the text would say they were phobos, phobos. Uh, but in Luke chapter 2, verse 9, it's even stronger than that. The Greek text says they were megas, phobos, phobos. They weren't just merely phobos, fearful. They weren't just merely phobos, phobos, greatly afraid. They were megas, phobos, phobos, very much greatly afraid. In other words, when the angels stood before them and God's glory shone around them, they were terrified, scared out of their minds. Don't miss this in the text as all the nostalgic cultural things start to happen. They were terrified at this. Why we often miss this in the text. Not very sentimental. This passage, this part of the passage anyway, is, uh, is all about terror and fear. The shepherds were in the dark that evening. You know, it's nighttime. They're sitting around perfectly calm, peaceful. As soon as God's light of glory showed up, they were terrified. <laughs> they're in the, when they're in the dark, they aren't afraid. They're used to it. They're all right. But when they get into God's light, they're terrified. It wasn't just the sudden surprise that terrified them. It was something about the light that caused great fear. What's going on here? What exactly terrified them? The light that caused this great fear wasn't just any light, it, but a certain kind of light. It's the light of the glory of God. Say, what's that? Well, it's what you see when God gets close. And whenever God gets close, he shows you, you are not God. The glory of his light reminds us we are sinful creatures in his sight. The glory light of Christmas isn't soothing at all. Anyone who has ever seen the light of God's glory knows it too. For example, if we go back to Isaiah, there I go again, back to Isaiah, sorry. Uh, Isaiah knew it in Isaiah chapter 6. He describes this profound encounter he had seeing the Lord on his throne in heaven. And let me just read it. Let's just see if he was all warm and fuzzy. Isaiah 6, 1 to 5. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, and with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew, and one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me! <laughs> I'm ruined! 
Because I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And the shepherds knew it. They weren't having sentimental feelings at this point. In Luke chapter 2, 8 and 9, in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood among them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, in a strange way, I think, it's really God's grace to make us afraid of his light. Let me go back a bit. You see, years before this, uh, when God created the first human beings, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve would meet God, have fellowship with him in the Garden of Eden every day. And Adam and Eve were happy and fulfilled in God's presence. They were never afraid. They were built, God made them, to live in the beauty of God's glory. And they looked forward to being in his presence. And then, all of a sudden, one day they were afraid. Every other day had been fine. That was the day when they decided to become their own masters. To abide by their own rules to get ahead. As a result, they sinned. And then, when they saw the glory of God's presence coming toward them, they were afraid. And they ran. And they hid from God. And you know the story God called out and said to them, Where are you? Why did you run? And Adam and Eve said, Because we were afraid. For the first time, they feel vulnerable in a world that God created for them to enjoy. You know what? It's been that way ever since. Scripture says we all, in some way, are ruled by our fear. Not just any fear, but the same fear Adam and Eve had, the shepherds are experiencing. What is that kind of fear? It can be seen in what Adam did when he was afraid to be in God's presence. It's what we do to make ourselves feel safe. It's hiding, wrapping ourselves in outward things that we think will make us safe. And the scripture says ever since Adam, we feel safe when we wrap ourselves in anything but God. Got a good job, I'm safe. Got a beautiful family, makes me safe. I have great friends, I have good health, good looks, talent, money. These coverings, we wrap ourselves in any fig leaf the world makes to help us feel less shame and more safe. The reason we live in fear is because even though we tell us these things are keeping us safe. We know they are not. They won't last. They're unpredictable. 
The Bible says that our fears can take on a lot of different forms. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of the future. But all of our fears, really, if we go take it all the way back, ultimately come from our fear of God, a negative fear of God. We may not even realize it, I'm telling you, but just like Adam and Eve, we think ill of God and don't trust him. We may not even realize that deep down that's what's happening to us. Do you want evidence that you're afraid of God and don't trust him? Just like Adam and Eve, you believe, and me too, you believe that if you really give yourself completely to him, you will be disappointed. You will not be happy or fulfilled. You will miss out on what you really want. You will be miserable. That was the lie Adam and Eve believed. And so we hold back, see, we hold back <laughs> complete surrender, complete obedience. We don't really trust him. And because of that, we're going to be afraid. The bottom line is that God is light, truth, life, holiness, absolute perfection. That is God. And when we get near him, our self-image is shattered because it's built on flimsy things. We find our identity in this or that. We, find, we keep ourselves safe by all these temporal things in our life. We think it's really going to keep us secure. In the, in the end, we have to lie to ourselves to build a self-image without God and his love. We really do. We're lying to ourselves. Here's an interesting thing. In a recent study, <clears throat> social scientists found that 90% of all college professors consider themselves in the top 10% of their profession. They also found that 99% of people surveyed said that the world would be a better place if people just obeyed the golden rule. And 95% of the people say they obey the golden rule. You know what this means? The world's fine. <laughs> we lie to ourselves. It's not fine. When God's glory light shows up, <clears throat> the darkness of our sins, the lies we believe are exposed. And we're afraid. And we don't like it. Right now, I can tell you with some confidence, as I look at myself as well, right now there are things happening in your life that show you your creatureliness, that you are not really in control, and you're afraid. Now, let me quickly go to uh, a famous hymn We'll sing it today. 
John Newton wrote Amazing Grace, and here's a line in that great hymn, that song. Here's what he says. He says, uh, I never understood this until I think this message really clarified some things for me. He says this, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear." <laughs> I never understood that line. "'And grace my fears relieved.'" Oh, then I think of the shepherds. They are scared out of their minds as they know they're in the light of God's glory. They're exposed. And God's grace make them afraid. They get it. So next we see for grace, you see, to relieve our fears, we need to listen next to the angel's proclamation. The angel responds to the shepherd's fear by saying, don't be afraid. Behold. The remedy for fear is beholding something. What did they need to behold? I could sum it up. They need to behold the message of Christmas. Listen to this. Behold means look at this. Listen to this. Uh, let your fears go away by beholding this. I bring you good news of mega joy, is what the text says. The angel responds to the shepherd's mega fabos fabos with news that will produce megas charis joy. To conquer our deepest fear, we must behold, take in the gospel of joy. If I'd, I would go on to say that if we're fearful at that level, then we're not beholding this very important message from God. Seeing and understanding that message will completely remove the cause of our fear and give us great joy. And here it is. It's not just the joy of beholding a newborn baby. It's the mega joy of beholding who this particular baby is. Don't be afraid any longer in God's glory light. In God's glory light, the angel said, because today a Savior has been born for you in the city of David, who's Christ the Lord. Whoa. We don't have to be afraid if we grasp and internalize the message of Christmas. The world's a dark place. We're all sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. But God sent his son Jesus to save us from our sins and reconcile us. And when we accept his invitation to see and receive him as our savior, God's intention is to dispel our fear of walking in his presence anymore, giving us peace and joy. See, all the other ways we've tried to hide and make ourselves safe by putting on the fig leaves of the world, in Christ our savior, they're replaced by a more secure covering, making us safe. Jesus' blood sacrifice for us, which is permanent, eternal in the heavens. 
From that point on, I believe, uh, Luke, in his account here, I, I think to, when we're afraid, the reason he's mentioning this is that we need to go back and behold the message all over again and realize that when God comes close, we're going to be okay because his son suffered the darkness of sin's penalty for us. I think, unfortunately, sometimes our modern, sentimental Christmas moves us far away from the truths we see in the Bible. Like when Jesus said in John 3.19, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And you know what? Men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. God wanted to bring the good news of God's grace to the shepherds, but first, first he made them scared. Because I think part of the gospel message is unless we, unless we really see our creatureliness, we're not God. We fall far short. Unless we see that we're a sinner, we grasp that truth. Unless we see that we've been living a lie, that we are somehow in control, we're never going to have our fears relieved. We'll never understand the glory of Christmas. But once we realize who we are in God's light, we can then behold, hear the solution. Luke 2, 10 and 11. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today... In the city of David, there's been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Fear not, behold. Because if you behold and receive the gospel of joy, your fear of God is relieved. <laughs> the fear of his judgment is relieved. He adopts us as his sons and daughters. All our other fears can be conquered as well because our hearts and minds can be immersed so we understand and behold God's love for us in Jesus. As 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. That's why we're afraid. And uh, we know we've just created, uh, covered ourselves in fig leaves and think we're safe without God's trusting him. The one who fears is not perfected in love. We need to go back and behold once again what the angel told the shepherds to do. Let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you that because of what Jesus did on our behalf, we, we don't have to be afraid to trust you completely with our lives. Help us to behold the message of Christmas that your son is our savior and that we can trust you when life gets hard, confusing, disorienting, and distressing. It can be a very scary thing when you show us who we are in your presence. It's our, we are sinful, helpless creatures. Forgive us for trying to make ourselves feel safe by 
somehow hiding from you, covering ourselves with other things rather than you, our God. Father, we ask that in your grace, you did make, you make us afraid, but your grace in Christ has relieved those fears. I thank you for that. Lord, help move us to, from our fear to joy. Help us to behold the miracle of your Son and sing for joy during these weeks ahead. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.